Welcome back to SOMA Podcast. I'm Hannah Anderson, and this is the third episode in a series we're calling Empowered, Stories of the Unconventional, Unexpected, and Surprising Work of God. As we journey through the Book of Acts in both Sunday Gathering and the Community Rule of Life, we're looking for all the ways that the Holy Spirit empowered the early church. But we also want to see how the Holy Spirit is empowering His church today, how he is at work among the members of SOMA to accomplish all the things that he's calling them to in this season. Last week, we talked with Stephanie Estes about how God has led her through an unexpected season of prolonged illness, teaching her in the process the power of waiting in prayer and finding him strong even when her body isn't. Today, Nolan and Casey Duffy join the conversation to share how the Holy Spirit is empowering them to witness to the gospel through their work. But it's not exactly what you might think. When we hear the word witness, we often think of that moment when we tell someone that Jesus died for their sins. You might share a scripture passage or a simple plan of salvation. But that's really just the last step in a long process the Holy Spirit is guiding from start to finish. In fact, the scripture speaks of the work that God is doing in hearts and lives as something similar to gardening. In 1 Corinthians 3, the Apostle Paul tells the believers that they came to faith, not because of the skill or expertise of an evangelist, but through the slow, steady work of God's obedient servants— each playing their part as God had called them. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? They are servants through whom you believed, and each has the role the Lord has given. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his own reward according to his own labor." for we are God's co-workers, and you are God's field. So today, we want to think about what it means to be part of that process, to be co-workers of God in the process of witness from start to finish. How do you live faithfully as a witness who might be called not to harvest, but to plant and water? And what does it look like to follow the Holy Spirit's lead as you do? Well, Nolan and Casey, it is so good to be with you. Thank you for coming on Sama Podcast and for sharing a little bit more about how God's working in your lives right now. Well, before we get too far, um, I would love if you all could just share a bit about yourselves, um, you know, where you come from, how you came to Jesus, how you ended up at Soma. Who are the Duffies? Who are the Duffies? Well, um, the Duffies were first individuals before they were Duffies. So I'm Casey, uh, grew up in Northwest Indiana, went to college down here in um, central Indiana. After graduated from Anderson University, moved with a couple of roommates uh, over to Broad Ripple. From there, we were looking for churches. Soma happened to be a couple blocks away, uh, walked over one Sunday and loved it. Uh, I was actually telling Hannah earlier that the very first Sunday I went to Soma was the first Sunday that the McKinnons were launching their MC. And so we went that same night and from there we were, we were sold. Um, so that was kind of my journey to Soma journey to faith grew up in Christian home. Uh, I think a lot of people share similar stories in that, but it wasn't till college, early adulthood when I actually started to 
understand the gospel and it became very tangible to me and how uh, I was to live out my faith. And I take it, Nolan, you came along at some point? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, came, came along at Soma. I think she was a, a greeter at Christmas Eve and introduced herself to me. But uh, she always says that a few months prior, I was always holding like the bread or the cup for communion. And she kept going to my communion line because she thought <laughs> I was cute. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, now we have the real story. Yeah. I like it though. I like yeah. it. Back when we could do the bread and the cup for communion. I mean, how do people get married anymore? Yeah, I don't right? know. <laughs> but that was back in what, 2018? Yeah. A few years back. Yeah. Um, so, but, go ahead. So I was going to say, so before Soma, what, what, what's your story? Yeah, I grew up on the north uh, west side of Indy in Zionsville uh, and went to college down at IU Bloomington. Uh, down in Bloomington, I actually joined a church plant uh, called Redeemer, who uh, it turns out was in the same network that Soma is in. They're affiliated with Sojourn as well. And so when I um, moved up to Indy to teach, the church down there was like, you got to check out Soma. And so I came to Midtown for like a few weeks, but right when I started coming was when they actually launched the downtown Soma campus back in 2015. And so I actually went downtown for about eight months because I loved the like church plant feel, but then just based off where I moved and where I was working, Midtown uh, ended up becoming, becoming my home church. Uh, And then, yeah, my, my faith, journey similar similar to Casey's but just grew up I mean my family always went to church my parents are uh, still strong believers and I was always around it all but I, I think they did a really excellent job of putting uh, other voices in my life and just surrounding me with uh, with believers and in Christian circles and so one huge influence uh, was this church camp up in northern Wisconsin called Fort Wilderness uh, just in the backwoods we'd go up every summer for family camp um and in high school they had like a three-week put your phone in a box like nobody's there no electricity canoe trip camp thing which was I think my first taste of actually reading scripture for long periods of time and really like meeting people that weren't in my home bubble that believed in God and and then kind of springing off that into college, uh, being surrounded with a new community there of believers uh, really were some of the sparks to make my faith my own. Kind of went from there. Well, I love the um, thread that you both are pulling on this idea of community being a place that, you know, really testified to who Jesus was for you both and, and played such an important part in your own development and then even bringing you together on um, these kind of thick communities that were centered around Jesus and his work. And that's really a gift. Um, and I love hearing you kind of share how that God has used that in your life. So you all meet at SOMA. Um, how long have you been married? About two and a half years now. So okay. we got married in June 2019, yeah. Right. So you got married just in time to be locked together in COVID. Yeah. For, for with, the last. With a foster child. <laughs> oh. 
Well, well, tell us a bit about what God's doing then. What's God, what's God been doing in this season for you? Um, where What do you all find that he has brought to you um, as a couple? Um, I hear fostering. What else is going on? So um, our last placement of fostering was actually this past June. Um, so currently we both work in school system for Purdue Polytechnic High School. Nolan's a lead coach there, um, lead teaching coach, and then I'm actually the school nurse. So currently that is where a lot of our time and focus is, um, along with our MC that we host um, in our home. So both of those avenues have been pretty impactful for us as far as... Mm -hmm. um, And one of the reasons we wanted to chat with you all because... I was talking with uh, Robin McKinnon and uh, Brandon. We were talking about the idea of our lives living out witness, you know, even to the point, your point about community and the people around you testifying to Jesus Christ. And I think sometimes, even particularly when we read the scripture, we see witness and, and we think primarily um, maybe about preaching or words or uh, maybe a conversion kind of story. But there's also this feature of living out the gospel in what God brings to us, that our lives, the choices we make, how we are with people in our work, how we use our home is a witness to testify to Jesus. And um, I, I was just wondering, how do you find all of these different things that God has called you to, whether it's working in the school, fostering, working in missional community, you know, all the things that seem pretty, I don't know if we would say, quote unquote, normal, or just the things that you've been given to do. How do you think about that in terms of testifying and witnessing to who Jesus is? Uh, I think we both just try to, as best we can, go into it prayerfully, just asking God how we can be his hands and feet in those certain avenues. I also uh, know when we we're dating and kind of like leading into marriage. We spent a lot of time just talking about how we wanted to live as a married couple. And I think there's a common, uh, common ideology that just says like, you know, I'll do this later in American culture. And we really wanted to stand against that. But like, um, I, I think, I think of the scripture to not grow weary of doing good. And just like, we always, want to keep our eyes and ears open for like what God has for us right now in this moment to not like try to live the, you know, perfect or the, the cool fun life right now and do service later. But we really want uh, to just be able to say yes to the opportunities that come up today. Um, and so that's kind of how foster care fell into our lap in our teaching, or I guess my teaching and her job were just like, the next thing that God brought into our lives. And we're just trying to be really open and, and listening and prayerful to him when he brings those opportunities to us. That's such a good point, Nolan, because even as we read through the book of Acts, what you see repeated so often is the spirit saying, go do this, like the spirit coming to um, Philip and saying, go this place, go witness to this person, go be in this place. And that part of setting us up to even be in relationship with certain people or to be present in their lives is that sensitivity to 
and that openness to, to what is the spirit saying and doing in this moment? Where is, where am I being led? Um, how, how do I move into this place bearing the name of Jesus? So how have you moved? How have you been led? Um, tell us a little bit more about your work. Now you both work at the same school. Did you work there before you got married? How did that all happen? Yeah, so I worked for four years in a at a different school before finding Purdue Polytech, which, you know, as an IU grad, definitely, you know, I've I've gotten some flack from friends of, you know, selling selling my soul or whatever, working at a Purdue high school. But uh we, which is funny, I feel like Robin is always pulling the strings. She was actually the one that uh, <laughs> let us know about this high school. And she was like, you would be perfect for it. Yada, yada, yada. Like she was about to send Ethan and Josh there. Um, and uh, I remember her big sell was the principles of believer. <laughs> uh, but we, uh, or I guess K- Casey hadn't really even considered working there yet, but I, uh, kind of took her up on checking it out and met with the team and applied and they ended up offering me the job and it felt like the the next right step in the moment and then I remember right when I started in June like right before we went we got married and went on our honeymoon I was just like so it's a brand like it was like the first year it was a school brand new school nothing had been done yet I was on like the founding team and I was like you guys have a nurse yet kind of joking they're like no and so then I told Casey and she actually got the call that she had the job offer call while we were on our honeymoon uh, which was funny so um yeah so God's really brought a lot of things together in that respect um to kind of align your work and your callings together Absolutely. And and it's been fun with like the nature of a startup school to be able to bring other people from Soma or in our community into the school to either uh, be guest speakers. Like I, I'm sure, you know, Adam Ringo, he's been in a few times to talk uh, to the students and be guest speaker. We have a few other close friends and also uh, Soma members that are sport coaches, um, the soccer coach and all the basketball coaches like James Pascasio is coaching this year and he's one of the Soma elders. So we're just really like kind of going all in of just bringing as many uh, of God's people into the school just to love and care for the kids uh, that we possibly can. Yeah, and that seems to me like um, you carry with you, right, the, the Holy Spirit's presence. Wherever God has called us, we are there as ambassadors for Jesus and to do the work that God has called us to. Um, but to be able to do that with other people who have that same common hope, um, I'm sure, is really helpful and supportive and, and kind of gives you a sense of, um, I don't know, shared mission, maybe, or shared sense of purpose. So, so what has surprised you the most about this? Like, um, living out your life as Christians, trying to testify to Jesus as you're moving through the world. And, and this is, I think, maybe a misconception that we can have as we kind of compartmentalize that witnessing is over here or testifying to Jesus kind of happens in the spiritual realm. And then there's our work or our everyday life, but actually, you know, it's as we're going, whatever God is calling us to do, as we're doing, whatever God is calling us to do, we're witnessing and testifying to Jesus, but we don't always know how that's going to work out. 
I mean, we don't have a specific four point plan or step that says, this is what it looks like to witness to Jesus. So what has been surprising as you've lived out this life, as you've lived this way, what kinds of opportunities or things have come that have surprised you? Well, I think it's the opportunities that you least expect or would have planned for your life that the Lord usually has in store for you. And I think that's something that's so big with just walking um, through each day, through each stage of life with your hands open of saying, uh, Lord, I'm ready and willing. And this year in particular, and an opportunity that came up that at first, I didn't know if I was necessarily excited for, um, but after the fact have been super grateful for was the opportunity to coach our first girls volleyball team. And with that, I had had told our athletic director at the end of last year, um, you know, like if you're not able to find a coach, I'm available. If you're not able to find a coach. (laughs) (laughs) I know because then, you know, someone stops looking. (laughs) Oh, for sure. And there were some girls at the school who had said that they didn't want to come back unless they knew that there was going to be a team. Mm. And I was just like, no, we'll have a team. No worries. And so throughout the course of this season, not only was it neat to see the girls grow in the game in general, like they became pretty competitive players by the end of the season, which was really fun. Um, But also just to see the intentional conversations that I was able to have with them um, one-on-one and in group settings and to see some of them grow in character, but not only um, character, but to also start to have questions about faith. There's one girl in particular who will stop in my office almost every day and has become more and more curious to where I was able to purchase her a Bible. And she has been able to start asking some really hard questions and becoming really open to the concept of faith, which has been awesome. And, and looking back at it now, I'm like through the really late nights of practices and games and the schedule being feeling really overwhelming at times to realize like, okay, in the end, it's all worth it. If Hmm. it happened to this one conversation with the student, like it was all worth it. Yeah. And what you're describing really um, exemplifies the principle that there are so many stages to witness, right? A lot of times when we talk about witness, we mean that last stage of harvest or that last stage of seeing someone actually put the pieces together. And that's not how the scripture speaks about it in any way, that that there are the, the stages of kind of tilling the ground, planting the seed, tending it, watering it, and then finally harvest. That's the way the Apostle Paul talks about it in the epistles. And it sounds like, you know, within the space you're in, you're doing a lot of cultivation. You're doing a lot of preparing the ground, maybe planting some seeds. And how do you think about that work? Because it's not as obvious witness as, say, the person who's on the harvesting side of things. How do you think about the cultivation bit? I think it's, it's having to have the mindset of that. It's a long game. Like you're not going to be able to just walk into someone's life and drop the most beautiful and intimate news that you hold so true to yourself and then walk away. It's the consistency and the stability and being really present with people um, for the long haul. And I think that is really important with our faith to realize that, um, 
people are messy and sticky and relationships are hard, but they're worth it. And it takes a lot of time and commitment and energy. And uh, sometimes it's not always fun. Sometimes you just want to be done and you want to walk away and you want to be able to go to bed at night and not think about this person, so-and-so, you know. Um, But oftentimes when we are walking along someone in faith, it is the daily prayers, conversations, becoming involved with their family, inviting them to your dinner table, the things that take a lot of time, but can be really, really sweet. Yeah. And, um, I think it has a lot of parallels with just like literal teaching, which is, I mean, I guess my job, but a lot of the best lessons that people learn in life weren't like, Hey, here's step one, two, three, four from the teacher. There was a, uh, purposefully information withheld by the teacher and experiences set up for people to, I guess, discover the learning or like allow for processing space for that big like aha moment. And I think that that has a really strong parallel with like the cultivating or the planting of seeds and just little, little bits over a long period of relationship can lead to like big aha moments for, for people. Yeah. And that, that takes a lot of trust in God and trust that the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing in terms of timing and process, because to your point that you brought up at the beginning, being led through the process, even of being present, testifying to Jesus, you know, sometimes it can feel like you really want to open the throttle up, right? <laughs> You're like, can we move forward? Can we go faster? And yet there are times I've experienced where the Holy Spirit is actively pacing it out um, to allow for, as you mentioned, the process and the time of cultivation. And that's why it's so important that we recognize that testifying to Jesus must be connected to the Holy Spirit's empowering. It's not us just being salespeople, right? It's not us just trying to communicate a pitch and get a response. It's really participating in the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in someone else's life and ours um, and just coming alongside in whatever way um, he allows and the timing he allows, which can be hard. It can be hard to be sensitive to that and to pace yourself. Um, what are some other hurdles that you've found to living out your Christian witness this way, to living dependent on the Holy Spirit, living um, in spaces of cultivation, the long game, as Casey said, what are some of the hurdles to that that you find? I think for us, some hurdles for us are just time and capacity are big ones of making sure that we're finding a balance of rest and action of being consistently present with the people in our lives. And, um, yeah, cause it sounds like, it sounds like you're both, uh, very intentional, very focused, um, on not only the work you've been given to do within your vocations, but being very um, intentional about your witness, about your presence, representing Jesus well. Um, 
so yes, I, I hear that, that, that kind of, um, maybe knowing how to know what's enough, you know, how to, um, know where the boundaries are, but even then that's, you know, a process of being guided by the spirit too. Um, that knowing to come away, because I was thinking even about how the Holy Spirit took Philip to witness to the Ethiopian eunuch and then took him away and, and had him leave again. Um, and I don't know if that's what we ourselves would choose or think is the wisest in a process, right? So that kind of attunement to what the Holy Spirit is doing in terms of timing and even your own coming away and being refreshed and being cared for. For sure. And just trusting that in each one of those moments that the Lord has it under control, whether or not we are You're present, we are going, yeah, whether we're not, we're present or yeah. not. What about you, Nolan? What are your biggest hurdles to living out your Christian witness this way? I, I think uh, pretty similar to what, what Casey was saying, but just like trying to have uh, an attunement with the, the, the spirit is always working. I, I'm slow to, I guess, trust that rest is also like a spirit guided thing and saying no to stuff is like a, like the, the, the idea of a Sabbath or just taking, taking time off of that, like constant work of cultivation is something that is definitely hard for me. And then it can lead to uh, irritability or just like being sure, you know, because I'm a little more drained. Uh, and so I think I really need to, to trust. And, and that's, I think COVID overall has been a really great opportunity for us to, to learn and grow in that. And now I feel like there's sometimes where we're like, Oh, <laughs> sometimes I feel like we might rest too much. Yeah. And we're like, <laughs> Oh, let's just stay in again. Uh, so just, I think it's a constant dance and, and, thing that's on the back of both of our minds is how to how to balance that Mm. and you said something really interesting about um you know being in the cultivation stage and not always knowing how to rest or how to pull back because you just want to say yes to good things it's very hard to say no and i think it's particularly hard at the beginning of a season that's doing the cultivating. So if you think of this as a growing season, like you always start out the season with your eyes bigger than your plate. You always want to put in more plants. You want to put in more seeds. It's like, there's so much hope. There's so much expectation. And I think that the natural inclination is more is always what you're supposed to do. More is always better. And I know that's my own Uh, failing is, well, if God wants me to do this, then of course he wants me to do this much more. Do it three or four times because more is always better. And to your point, learning to move with the spirit means that he gets to say how much is right. That, That God gets to choose how much he asks of us. We don't necessarily come to him and say, look, I brought you all this extra stuff that you didn't even call me to because inevitably when we do that we do get overextended and um frustrated uh and really we're called to dependence right we're we're called to trust god as we've talked about already so as we 
you know, kind of bring this conversation to a close, and we've been talking about trust and dependence on the Holy Spirit, that can't be uncoupled from prayer, right? That's how we discern the Spirit's leading. It's how we bring our burdens and our concerns to the Lord. So how can we pray for you? Uh, I think back to the scripture that I referenced earlier, just prayer for that prayer that we not grow weary in the work that we're doing and the and that we I guess are just able to to continue on in our in our striving to pour in and care for the students at our school and uh, look out for our coworkers and in those avenues, I think also prayer over our MC that that would just continue to be uh, just a space for rest and for God's presence to grow in the hearts of the people in our group. Um, Yeah. I think those are the two main areas. Yeah. I just say over for us to continue to have just deep reliance upon the Lord, it's really easy to, a, either want to do everything in your own power or be be complacent and not um, and just grow comfortable in the life we're currently in and not have our ears and eyes open to what the Lord's trying to lead us to. And so just a, a fun exercise or a good exercise for me to think about is like looking at our calendar over the next week of if. I can look at every single day and know exactly the outcome of what's going to happen and not needing to trust the Lord in anything. Like, is this really the right calendar? Is this the right way to fill my days? And so I think for me, a prayer is that I can continually look and say, okay, Lord, if you don't show up here, I don't know what we're going to do. And when we put ourselves in that position, it's often cool to see that the Lord really does show up. And so Long story short, just continue for a deep reliance upon the Lord and our ministry and what we're doing and um, for us not to strive in doing it in our in our own power. I think that's really beautiful image to say, does my calendar have margin for God to work? Does it have a need for God to work? Um, because so often I think that tendency to plan out our days and to have the assumption that they will work a certain way Um is exactly the opposite of that walking with the spirit, dependence on the spirit, letting our words be his words, letting our witness be his witness. Um, And so I'd like to just pray that over you both right now um, and invite listeners to pray with us um, and to uphold the Duffies in the work that God has called them to in this season. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for what you have called Nolan and Casey to. We thank you for the opportunities that you have given them as they walk out, they live out their witness for Jesus. Opportunities for cultivation and planting seeds of faith, of seeing harvest at times. We pray that you will be present with them that you will give them clarity about how they should spend their time, how they should spend their days. We pray that you will give them strength, that they won't grow weary in doing well. They'll also have time for rest and know that you are the one calling them away to that. Give them wisdom as they live out the life that 
you have called them to and help their lives and their words and their days to be shining testimonies to the grace and goodness of your son, Jesus. We ask this all in his name. Amen. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Nolan and Casey Duffy. But I just wanted to add a quick word about something they mentioned, missional communities. They talked about the significance of the MC or a missional community has played in their life and their witness. Missional communities are smaller groups within SOMA that gather on a regular basis for care, fellowship, and service. If you're interested in finding out more about missional communities or forming a discipleship group with one or two others, get in touch with Steve Jagger, SOMA's Director of Community Formation. You can contact him at steve at somaindy.com. That's steve at somaindy.com.